0: here's favors driving to the rack he's going high he's going to take all the eggs and all the bacon on that one with a left-hand dribble drive to the rim you are locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the utah Jazz. part of the locked on podcast network your team every day it is locked on Jazz for the 14th of December. Russell Westbrook comes into town. We break down his game, how you defend him. Well, okay, there's no way to defend him. But what you're looking to do against him. Favors and Hood continue on their way to return. Thoughts from practice yesterday, a weakness of the thunder, and a jog around the NBA. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Put um bum 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 pow. How are you? I'm David Locke, Radio Voice of Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Uh, You're on Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We bring you these podcasts for you, uh, about bite-sized, 20-30 minutes every single day uh, on the Utah Jazz. This should be your first stop of all podcasts. Your second stop should be Locked On NBA which Kevin Pelton and I did a nice episode, and the scout has posted. Uh, He was really, really interesting on what's going on around the NBA uh, as well. So uh, go grab uh, the scout. As well at Locked On NBA. All right, this is a funky show today because I've already done it, and something went wrong on the recording, and I'm uh, I'm actually jammed here. I, I, we're gonna see how this works out uh, because I've got to get the show. I want to get the show up for you, but I also have got to get my son to his final, and so that's gonna be the first and primary thing. We'll see. There's a chance that this show just ends in a weird way, and you're like, "What happened?" And it's just I ran, literally ran out of time uh, to get everything ready and get everyone taken care of this morning. So. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, we're going to just run around uh, Westbrook, break down Westbrook, uh, look at the uh, weakness of the Thunder for tonight, uh, some talk about uh, jazz practice yesterday, if that might get knocked out, and a quick jog around the NBA. Today's show is brought to you by Jamalto and SeatGeek. Uh, sea Geek is the first place for you to go buy an, any tickets to a game concert, whether it's maybe the September Tim McGraw show uh, you want to go to or is there – Leanne Rimes is coming uh, here shortly and you want to go see that show. Uh, whatever it might be, the reason you want to use sea Geek is they put all the tickets in uh, – available in one site for you of all of the different sources. And they come to you in one single spot uh, on your phone. And then you, they have a ticket grade on every seat. So if you are wanting to go to see the and Rhyme seat concert and you look at it and you uh, out in Canvas, and, and you look and see, all right, wait, what, Seats do I want? Well, I get floor, and they give you a ticket score on each one uh, based on that arena, where the tickets are, what's available, and that's you know if it's if you're going to see uh, leftover Sam at the Depot, you're going to see Idaho State PYU at the Marriott Center. It shows you uh, where the best ticket purchase is, and then it's secured and it comes right to your phone. So it's truly uh, one of the easiest uh, things to do. It's technology making what used to be a painful process easy. Here's the best part about it: right now, go get your uh, phone, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and add the promo code LOJAZ. Uh, once you've entered the promo code LOJAZ, when you make your first purchase, SeatGeek will send you twenty dollars after you've made your first ticket purchase. So, download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code LOJAZ, and get your SeatGeek today. All right, we always open with pins across the world. Uh, I've read about this guy. Let's see if I can find the same guy. Uh, he was he was a nice guy. Uh, How do I find? Matt, here he is. Second time I've read it. Uh, Matt Goobler. He is from Spanish Fork. I'm a diehard, true blue, lifelong, never fair weather Utah jazz fan, writes Matt. The seed of loyal jazz fanship was planted in my soul in my early years. I was born in 1996 amidst the glory days of Stockton and Malone and was found in many a jazz game wearing my little Carl Malone jersey. After one finals win, me and my family were in the crowd to welcome home the team at the airport. So here's an interesting little note on this. So he's 20 years old and really – uh, has been told about Stockton Malone but doesn't have any idea. And what's really interesting, if you're 30 years old, then in the final years of Stockton Malone, you became 10, which means you sort of remember it, but you, in, a, in the eyes of a 10-year-old. And if you're 40 years old, then you were 20 during that, you remember, and you might actually remember even the run up to it. I'm 46. I lived through it entirely, and I actually still have some of the pain of the early losses in the youth and going through all that process. What's What's interesting to me about our fan base, and I think this shows up uh, predominantly on Twitter where the younger people are are communicating, is the... There's a myth to what Stockton and Malone were, and they were two of the greatest players of all time. And there's a reality to what they were. And unless you're probably 42, 43, 44 years old – I'm not sure you have any memory of the reality. I think you only have memory of the myth. The myth is that every year was great, that everything was perfect. And that and they were. They were incredible players. But this league's hard, and they lost a lot of playoff series and had a lot of downs. And there were a lot of times when the fans wanted them traded. And there were a lot of times when people wanted Jerry fired, And there were a lot of idiot talk show hosts who suggested trading Carl Malone for Lofonzo Ellis so somebody else could try to... Like, I did that. Uh, so it's an interesting... Uh, thing to be around this because it's now getting past far enough that there's this generation of fans that are 40 years old and under that don't really have a, a great memory uh, to that. He continues, when I was a little older after the game, I was let on the court, shot hoops with some of the players' kids. My dad got to talk to Larry Miller in junior high and high school. I was the kid, while my Fairweather jazz fans were donning Laker and Heat jerseys, I was wearing AK-47, Raja Bell, Gordon Hayward, Damari Carroll, and Trey Burke. I was the kid who had the jazz schedule on the front of the binder with every win and loss recorded. If you needed to know the jazz record, you came to me. Everyone at school knew I would never waver most of the time. That was a negative thing, and after every jazz loss, I would take the brunt of it. But I took it with pride. The greatest day of My life was when my dad and I scored passes to sit right behind the opposing team bench and go into the tunnel. I high-fived the team as they entered the arena, met Jerry Sloan and Memento Core walking the tunnels, and would do uh, what could do better. What could be better than that? He writes. I'm studying business. My greatest dream is to one day be the owner of the Utah Jazz and keep them in Salt Lake forever. The Jazz is who I am. It's what I think about in the shower. Yeah, that's not what I needed to know. Uh, when asked about my favorite team in the NBA, aside from the Jazz, I reply, I hate them all. I just returned home from my two-year LDS mission, and I'm ready for a new era of Jazz basketball. I love lockdown On Jazz. Listen to every day. Matt Gubler, thank you very much. Congratulations. Welcome back. And now let's hit our tip-off story of the day. Uh, Russell Westbrook is unquestionably our tip-off story of the day. There's some things going on with Russ that I'm not sure are are totally clear. I want to walk through a few of them uh, for you. One of them I actually caught myself on the last show uh, when I recorded this uh, th- with making a mistake, and so it will be interesting. Now I can pretend like I didn't miss that. Uh, but here's here's the thing on Russ. Everyone thinks he's just attacking the rim. Uh, and just this reckless abandonment. He's actually taking uh, a little bit fewer shots this year at the rim than he did a year ago. Last year he took 38% of his shots at the rim. This year he's taking 34.5, which is below his career average. Um, and it's actually the lowest he's been in about two or three years. He's he's really kind of back on the level of, of his game where he was the year in which Durant and Ibaka were hurt. What he's doing more than he's ever done in his career is taking the 10- to 16-footer. He's taking 21% of his shots from 10- to 16 feet. He's nailing them. He's a career 40% shooter in that range, which is really good. It's above league average. But this year, he's at 46%. So that's what's really changed in his game. His three-point shooting is up a tiny bit. His long mid-range game is actually way down. His 16 footer to the three point range is at 31%, career average 39. He's taking that shot a little less than he used to. He used to take that shot a few years back, about 20% of his shots. He's now down to 13%. So, some of his shot location stuff is a bit different than what I would have anticipated, uh, seeing, you know, watching him along the way. The one that's just so striking is that only 15% of all of his two-point field goals are assisted. So, I mean, he is really going at it. Usage rate of 41%, assists 58% of all field goals while he's on the floor. I mean, this is how you average 30. You know, he's, he's averaging a triple-double. 31 points, uh, 11 rebounds, 11 assists, and uh, 11 free throws a game. It's almost, you know, those are the key numbers. It's just remarkable uh, what he's been able to do. Uh, the other thing to look at with Russ that I, I find very interesting uh, when you look at some of his uh, tracking data is he takes many more threes on a pull-up than he does on a two. He takes four threes a game off the bounce than he does on a catch-and-shoot. I think I just said that wrong, but I'm flying through this right now. Uh, pull-up about four shots a game. He hits same rate they he would on a catch-and-shoot. That's, I think, the four pull-up threes a game might be the highest in the NBA. I'm Not, not many guys uh, are doing that. He takes 10 shots a game with inside 10 feet, shoots 51%. What's so interesting to me that I was convinced to be true that's not true is that he's playing in the shot clock differently than he did uh, prior. My feeling was that in years past that he was playing uh, – he was – the first surge of the shot clock. Durant then was the second half of the shot clock, was how the Thunder played. And what's turning out, it's the exact same uh, this year. He's using 24% of his possessions uh, in the first six seconds of the shot clock. And he's using 43% of his possessions in the first, uh, by 15 on the shot first half of the shot clock. And he's far more efficient uh in that realm of the game. So uh in the first 6 seconds of the shot clock if he gets a shot off, uh he he's averaging 53% shooting. If he <clears throat> you drop him uh down to 15, he's still right around 50% in uh his efficiency during that time period, which is, you know, really pretty awesome. Uh this is where this is where he's become a incredible player. So he's, if he's using the first <clears throat> nine seconds of the shot clock, he's shooting uh, 50%, and he's about 53% earlier. Now, after that, it, it begins to fall off, uh, particularly late. In the final second seconds of the shot clock, if you can get him there, and gosh, only knows how you get him there, he's, he's shooting uh, a, about 20%. So if you can get him late into the shot clock, he's shooting 20%. And that's where you've got to build your wall and transition defense uh, and really try to keep him into that 16- to 3-foot range at that point. Uh, you've now got him slowed down uh, and playing in a, in a manner that he's not particularly comfortable. And I think that's probably the biggest key uh, to anything uh, looking at Russ and and how you deal with with him is is trying to keep him uh, in diff- in that later part of the shot clock and it's awfully hard. The guy is just a he's Superman and when he's coming, uh, and he puts the head down, he commits. I don't know how you're going to be able uh, to do that. The the interesting other one on them is that Oladipo may be out tonight, and with Oladipo out, uh, they have they're they're. It's been limited that they end up having both of them off the floor at the same time, but it's been 242 minutes, and it's not great. Their offense is a .98 points per possession uh, or 98.9 per 100 possessions. That would be equivalent to 29th in the NBA. Only Philadelphia would be worse. What's really eye-opening is when they go to no Westbrook and no Oladipo, their defense falls apart. Uh, They're averaging 1.2 points per possession allowed. That is a tremendous amount more. The worst defense in the league is about 1.1. So in those 270 minutes, they simply, uh, their pace slows way down and they can't defend at all. And they can't really shoot, so that's probably leading uh, to some of those problems. So that is probably going to be the key part of this game tonight, is what happens when Oladipo and Westbrook are off the floor uh, if Oladipo, in fact, is hurt. Jamalto uh, is a data digital security company that uh, works across the globe has big time Palo Alto companies and other things. Well, Dan Spence is the local regional sales manager uh, for Jamalto here in the state of Utah. He lives in Utah. And uh, what Jamalto does is protects the breach. So the, style of data and security has been to try to prevent people from breaching your perimeter because data is the new gold and everyone's shooting after it well that really has not worked the the numbers are are overwhelming that despite all this money breaches increase 15 percent over the same six months of 2015 uh, in the first six months of this year. So that, that system doesn't work. So then the answer is, okay, the breach is going to happen. We concede that. Now protect our data and protect the data through a three-fold system that Jamalto has that Dan Spence can walk you through. But the basic idea is you encrypt your data, your intellectual property, in applications, databases, servers, mainframes. However you're going to do it, you centralize all of that, then you really protect it. You secure and manage the crypto keys to it. You control access and protect identities. And you understand that basic silly things are going to happen in life. Either you're going to have to let someone go, you're going to lo- someone's going to lose access, compute, and you have systems so that that doesn't jeopardize the area that you've secured. Dan Spence is your guy for this with Gemalto. It's dan.spence, S-P-E-N-C-E, at Gemalto, G-E-M-A-L-T. Dan. Spence at Gemalto.com. Or call Dan at 801-540-3024. 801-540-3024. It's Dan Spence with Gemalto. Uh, practice yesterday was just truly awesome. Uh, it's one of those times where I really, I was just kind of blessed to be sitting there and watching it and seeing what's taking place and being there. They really went at it a little bit, but also just the magnitude of these athletes and how uh, truly, truly awesome they are. Uh, how incredibly uh, talented, size, Joe Johnson landed on me one time, saving a ball, which tells you a little bit about Joe. Like, why is he saving a ball in practice? But he was. So you see that, and you really begin to understand kind of uh, that size. Uh, There was a play that jumped out to me where they were working on late game stuff, 10 seconds left, Joe Johnson got the ball right, Gobert switched out on him. You're watching that, and you're like, this is interesting. First thing that jumped out to me was, oh my gosh, Rudy Gobert is so incredible. At 7'1", 200 and whatever pounds, I suspect he's actually going to win this defensive battle against like one of the all-time leading scorers, top 50 scorers in the NBA. And Joe Johnson then rises up with like five seconds left on a shot. I thought it was a shot. And then bullets a pass just to the left of the rim. Derek Favors in traffic, goes up and dunks. The idea that one, Joe could see it. Two, that Rudy was good enough to guard him there. Three, the Joe, that Derek Favors was um, able to get up in traffic, make that catch and dunk. These guys are just superhuman. Best athletes in the world by, by just loads and loads and loads. Uh, and just incredible to watch. How will Neto had a nice practice. That's a reminder like, wow, this is like the 14th guy in the roster and he's still making plays in that setting. Um, so it was really, truly an awesome thing. Uh, to see all right I have to go get my son up so he gets up for finals I may come back with some thoughts around the NBA but this may just be the show today Uh, so if it is uh, make sure you go get locked on NBA with the scout and Kevin Pelton and uh, thanks to SeatGeek and Jamalto hopefully I'll come back run around the NBA from last night Um, but I've got to go make sure I do uh, the things are important for my family we'll see if I do come back if not this has been the show